the hell is this? You'd think that the star of the show would uh, have his mic plugged in and his earphones ready. And I'm the one yeah, that's it's... late today, Thomas, by the way. I apologize. We had, uh, we do um, after the whistle. So either myself or Craig do a weekly spot on uh, 97 Rock here in Buffalo with Shred and Rag. And I'm sure you've been on with them before here in Buffalo in your time, haven't you? Probably. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. How did that so, go? Oh, good. Good. Just a lot of Sabres talk and your name came up. I talked that, you know, the Halloween conversation comes up. Oh boy. They, they brought up Halloween. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> I, they asked, they said, they said, what were, uh, you know, like what were some of the co- memorable costumes? And I, I, and honestly, let me guess, let me guess what for yourself or for anybody. Well, for, actually there? they asked me what my best costume was. So what do you think it was? Tom Cruise, the risky business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the uh, one I said. That's the one I said was my best. But then I said I think the yeah. best costume I I saw in, in in Buffalo was the night you showed up as Dot Souk, and it yeah. was. It, and it's like anyone can go and put together like a hockey uniform, but it was the meaning behind the Dot Souk. Uh, uh, you uh, outfit that that made the whole thing so perfect. But anyway, I just was like, you know, Lindy used to always torch Van and tell him how he wants to be more like that Souk in Detroit, 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 Detroit. And I said, so Vanek just showed up. I, did you have rollerblades on that night? That's what I couldn't remember. God, I, I think I might have. From so Detroit. how did you get all that stuff? All for Willie, the equipment guy. So I just, yeah, I mean, oh, I wanted I- to be. As original as possible, so uh, I got all the stuff you know, from the Red Wings. Thought you went out to Dick's Sporting Goods or something like that. Someone no, said that no, you no. like no, no. This is that's all all original. I still got the jersey, so that was that was good. You know, did got you it signed. Uh, did you get it signed? Yeah, after <laughs> next time we played Detroit, I got it signed by Tatsuk. So. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> worked out well does it does it a- say something like yeah. hey thomas keep working hard uh yeah. you know you'll, you'll never you'll, get there yeah you'll yeah. never get magic there. man yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you have um do you have uh a number of jerseys um signed and hung up in your house and stuff like that uh i don't i have some stuff i mean as far as hockey i really don't i mean Growing up, I mean, Yager was my my big idol, so I do have a Yager jersey. I did like Mary Lemieux, probably like every other kid. So I have Mario's actually uh, game stick after we played him. It was my rookie year. Have you so. seen? Have you seen my basement? I have not. No. So I have a uh, Yager jersey signed, and in just at the bottom of the jersey, under his number. It has a picture of me playing against them. Yeah. And cool. beside, beside that is his stick that he signed for me. And it's the exact same one that's in that picture. Well, then you're, you're pretty lucky. Cause I don't think Yags gives out too many sticks. I played with him in Florida and um, yeah, that was, uh, you know, it was, it was awesome about, about this stick. <laughs> so do you remember his curve? Do you remember his curve? You might, well, you might be I, too young. Um, I remember his curve, but I remember when I played with him when he was like 50, he had like 17 different curves. So it was it was great. Well, he has got a boomerang. Like it's literally yeah. a boomerang. So back when I asked for his, his stick to sign it after that game, trainers went over there, asked them to, to sign the stick, but they heated the stick up and stepped on the blade because back then you could, you 
couldn't the illegal use curve? the illegal curve. Ah. <laughs> so right. the stick that I have now was heated up. The trainers saw it. They heated it up. They stepped on it, flattened the stick, and it's it's not the curve that mm-hmm. he actually used because he didn't want people knowing that he was using a legal curve. Meanwhile, I'm like, any idiot on the ice could know that he's using an illegal curve. But <laughs> I think all of the players felt the same thing back then that, you know, you look at that Marty, remember back with uh, the LA Kings and uh, who is the Montreal Canadians, Yes, yeah. you know, and, and Marty McSorley and, and uh, what is it? The uh, Stanley, uh, the, conference finals stanley cup finals or was it the stanley cup yes. finals ends mm-hmm. up getting called for that illegal stick i'm just what a joke i mean let well, these do, guys use what they do you know the use. story behind that though like i you would know because you would know the arena it was in the was it not in the old forum montreal yes. forum okay, yeah it was oh, in the forum so i guess the the players the visiting team would put their sticks in the hallway there right by the bench because the bet where the bench is not open at the back there. And then that's where they yep. would grab their sticks from. So the trainer from Montreal went over and was looking at all the curves and he saw McSorley's. And I think, I feel like McSorley had a legal one and an illegal ones. And he would use the legal one at certain points and the illegal one at certain points. And they happened to catch him when he grabbed the illegal one to, to go out onto the ice. And it was because the trainer on Montreal, you probably know him. Uh, he was probably there when you were there. He uh, he he identified the stick when he took it out. I guess. What a dumb rule! Is that rule still in effect? I should no. know. Well, I was going to ask you that. Out. Didn't they change the curve? Yeah, rule? they took the rule out. There is no there is no illegal curve anymore. There, okay. How, uh, but the only thing there is 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 a height, right? Yes, it, like about as tall know. or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's what a dumb rule. I mean, if 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 guys are good enough to use a boomerang as a stick and um, let them do it. Yeah. Well, you want it for scoring. You want the guys to, you know, you want more excitement in the game. You want like your curve was an absolutely terrible curve for a goal scorer. Like awful. Like I have your stick downstairs. I, you know, I, I, I grab that thing every, every now and then. You work know, for, work for you, hey eh, Thomas. Like, holy shit. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the deal, but though. When it's when, not a big I, curve, though, right? It's not a big curve. But when I grew up, I had a big boomerang, and I did the same to my boys. And the reason I do it because my dad was my coach growing up, and and I remember when I started hockey, I had this. You know, that 4020 red Titan, and he would same thing. He would take the heat gun to it and he would make a boomerang. And it was awesome. And the, the reason that I asked him, and this was years ago, I'm like, why'd you do this? He's like, he did it to all, all the kids on the team. And he's like, Well, because the younger you are, the game is hard enough. Let's make a big boomerang so you can catch a pass and you can shoot high and make the game easier. You can stick handle, you won't lose it. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm like, but then how did I end up with like almost a curve that was flat as, as I got older? It goes, well, because every year I took some away as you guys got older, uh, you want a flatter blade so you can be on the backhand. This is your dad, away. This is my dad. Yeah. Oh my God. Your, your dad's like a fucking wizard, man. Like what, like, he, what is going on here? Honest did your dad God. play hockey? Like, is he, did he yeah, play yeah. a so, professional? So my dad, yeah. He, he grew up in Czech Republic. And then, um, so my older brother was actually born in Czech Republic. And then in 82, because, uh, the Soviet union was immigrating, they, uh, they fled the country and ended up in Austria. And that's where I ended up being born, but he played some pro hockey in Austria. And then, um, 
then you know as you guys know in europe you know you have under your pro team you have your youth hockey association and uh yeah he ran that association for many years and uh, coached a lot of kids when you call home what language do you speak in well uh, growing up outside of my house i spoke german but inside with okay. my mom and dad and my brother it was like a mix of czech and german so how many languages do you speak three so english czech english. german english czech and german is i i'm i'm i'm, I'm embarrassed to ask this question i'm gonna ask it anyway mm-hmm. uh you're from austria yeah which is german okay so that's that's german that i'm yeah. not asking a stupid question like why aren't you uh, speaking Austrian? So right. that's, no, I, oh, mean, no, no. That's, I already, I already I, did I, that I, for us last year when he came <laughs> on. I said, so I said, so you speak Austrian, German, right. Czech and English. He's like, well, in Austria, we speak German. So I, right. I mean, I only speak. Three. Yeah, there, there's no Austrian. It's German. But, you know, okay. I mean, you, then you go to Switzerland and they got they got a French part. They got a, a Swiss part, a German a part. Spanish. Yeah, part? I don't think there's no Spanish. No, no, no. Spanish. OK. It's, it's Italian, right. French, and German. Butchering this right now. So, okay. So when I say, okay, I'm going to ask you again. So you speak English, German, and, and Czech. Now, Correct. now, right now, you, mm-hmm. like, if there's a Czech guy, mm-hmm. uh, Vlad, a uh, spot Czech that's sitting here yep. beside you, you can speak fluent, fluent Czech. Well, it, w- it would take me a little bit just because I don't speak it as much. But when I played and we had Czech guys on the team, I mean, I can understand everything perfectly. But, uh, you know, speaking part would take me a little bit of practice to get back into it. So I might butcher a word here and there. But uh, so when you, when you would talk and hold a conversation, can you yes. hold a conversation with a Czech person? Yes. Yes. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. I, I, he used to always he would always be ripping yeah. something in check with uh Kodalik. we always don't wanted to know what you guys were talking about <laughs> that's right yeah you two guys would you talk to uh, uh Jochen in german or were you guys did you just talk, speak english with, with him we would speak german yeah what Jochen. I, yeah wow i didn't even so, realize all that interesting yeah hey so what that Jochen spoke we we spoke german i gotta tell you something i i was talking to someone around the league that we know who uh, works in scouting with a team. And he said that he took your mapping out your goals clip that we posted on, on the web and that you talked about and brought it into their scouting and player development department about how to get yeah, kids just to think just mentally about think differently and not always have a ceiling. Right. I mean, the whole point of the, you know, it, it's the whole point of that, that what I was doing is because it's, so easy to say or or but hard to do going into the season be like oh i want to score 25 goals i mean well well that's an easy thing to say but how are you actually going to do it have an idea of how to do it and i think it did kind of help me break it down so well good for them hopefully yeah. it works for them yeah at least wow. have an idea i mean and, and 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 since then we've had a few uh interview requests for you vanner so i'm i'm kind of becoming your pr guy and and you've had a, a <laughs> few few people reach out and I've been happy to say to them, hey, if you have any questions for Thomas Vanek, you can submit them to After the Whistle and listen to the show. That's right. I'm exclusive. Yeah. I mean, as <laughs> you guys know, even when I played, you know, I, you're kind of like a big deal now, eh, Vanner? Like, uh, yeah, you know, you oh, go yeah. into hiding, you retire. No one gives a shit about you anymore. And all of a sudden you come on the, the most popular pod uh, around. And now it's like we're, we're like your managers or something. I'm back, baby. 
like Petey's no, like, I mean, so what, do, what should we ribs? What should we do with this? Like I'm getting calls all the time about Vanner oh, and, uh, you know, I'm like, well, number one, at least they're listening to our podcast. Okay. Right. To get Vanner's number. But, uh, I said, uh, what did I say, Petey? What did I tell you? Uh, verbatim. Yep. Uh, tell them to fuck off. <laughs> but you guys know me. I mean, I don't, even when I played, I, I did interviews and radios and whatever, but I, that was never me. I, I was never about that. And even when I retired, I would get, you know, you guys would bug me every once in a while on the other stupid show to come <laughs> on. And uh, it's, it's took me a little bit to get to it, but um, yeah, this is, this is different. I mean, this is, I, I like doing this because I know you guys I have a relationship with you guys. And um, well, did, why, 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 why were you that way? And did you play with other guys that were that way? And what were their reasons? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, some guys love it. Some guys don't. I mean, I, I just looked at it. That's part of the job. You know, you, you have to talk to the media. You have to go into radio shows. You have to do it. But it's not something that I enjoyed because mostly it was about me, you know, conversations. How is your game? How is this? You know, and then some of that was about your team. But so it just wasn't in my DNA. If you want yeah. a Thomas Vanek interview, uh, just message the show and, and you know, please respect and accept a full on uh, denial. Um, <laughs> that being said, speaking of denial, Sabres are, are what a transition. Eh? Sabres are looking to de- deny the Seattle Kraken and, I, and make it five and one on a perfect West Swing road trip. Now, we didn't talk about the Sabres yesterday at all, Vanner, because they mm-hmm. played tonight. They might be one of the stories of the league right now. A hundred percent. I mean, it's it's very impressive i mean you guys as you guys know that 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 swing is not easy and especially you look at the teams now edmonton is a top team calgary is a top team calgary is a struggling team but those are tough to play i mean i think or calgary vancouver sorry i was just Um, about to say i was gonna jump all over that one banner yeah yeah, sorry i corrected myself there uh but vancouver too i think not to take any away from the sabers i didn't see much of that game i just saw some of the highlights but that's a tough, as you guys know, I mean, Vancouver, what they started out five games on the East came back at one day in between and came back for the home opener. That That's yeah. not easy. So I think the Sabres no. did the perfect thing to jump all over them and um, got rewarded. I think from here and out, it's only going to get tougher for them, but uh, looks like they're playing loose, right? Because you guys know when you play in a shitty team, the other team's mentality isn't the same. So now I think the league, even five games in, I think other teams are going to start to notice, holy shit, they beat some good teams already. we well, got to be ready for the Buffalo Sabres. I was on uh, Shred and Ragon here in Buffalo this morning, and I we were joking about the fact that when Craig and I went on there for our first time on with them a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about pressure being on Don Granato. And then the next day they extended him, right? I agree with it or not, they extended him. And... And then we started talking today about, you know, the way some of these players are playing. And then, you know, they said the passing is incredible. And I, and I immediately said, well, that's coaching. That, uh, that is the freedom to be creative. And it's not just in the offensive zone. Cause a lot of times coaches will have their structure in the D zone. And then when you get into the offensive zone, you can be more creative and have a longer leash, but it seems like Granado has this team, like just feeling free and loose all over the ring. Well, I, I think, and, and that's where I agreed with Rivs, and I've he said it in the past. He said uh, that Granada's done an unbelievable job of, of changing the mindset, and I agree with him because you, you watch these games, even towards last year, where 
I do agree with PD on the other side that last year is easy. When you have nothing to play for, you play loose. But yeah. to still make plays all over the rink. And uh, and you can just see, you know, the confidence some of those guys have. And, 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 and that makes a huge difference. Because as you guys know, this game is, I mean, you got to be skilled. You got to be talented. You got to have your tough guys. You got to have your guys that block shots. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to confidence. If you have zero confidence, you're chasing the puck. The game is hard. But uh, a lot of guys look good. I mean, there's a few guys that I think need to step up, and hopefully that happens tonight in Seattle for them. Well, here's the thing. You know, when you when you have a team that's having success, things are rolling. You know, the 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 season's very early. Okay, you know, uh, for me, for me, I'm 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 happy for this hockey team. I'm happy for the. F- fan base okay i'm happy for kevin adams who's had lots of pressure of trading away a franchise player and a guy like jack eichel and um it's it's taken a little bit of time for kevin adams and don granado to build a proper environment like inside the room not even on the ice let's not even care about the ice let's just talk about how about the guys that are there want to play okay they want to be in buffalo like you wanted to be in buffalo Okay. Right. Derek Roy, our top players wanted to be in Buffalo. Um, Ryan Miller loved Buffalo. This is, is something that I can't say that was um, true um, in the last number of years here in Buffalo, but this group that has been assembled now, they want to be Buffalo Sabres. And, and what I'm, what I'm, looking at is things have gone very well. You have Rasmus Dahlin, who's set a NHL record, which is amazing. Five goals in five games as a defenseman has never happened before and things are going, but they've hit a couple little bumps here. Okay. This is where we're going to find out moving forward, how good this team is because they're going to hit a little bit of adversity. And, and I'm, I'm probably one of the biggest fans of Matthias Samuelson. And it's not because he's a point producing freak. It's because he is an outstanding defender. He has an extremely calming influence on the ice. He's a big body, long stick, and he's a defender. But you're also losing Yoki Haru. Henry Yoki Haru is another top four defenseman on the Sabres. Okay. And when you lose two of your top four defense, it's tough. Well, how tough. bad? You, Do we have any update on Samuelson? Yeah, he's going to be out for, for a couple of weeks. They 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 said it's good news, but he's still going to be out for a couple of weeks. What's good that news. mean? Good news when something looks like I mean, that. It's, it mean it's he probably didn't blow his knee out where he's going to be out for the season and have to have reconstructive surgery. Like good news is is three weeks, four weeks off, um, and you know the injury will heal itself, but there's going to be no long lasting damage. That's a good sign. Being out three weeks is a good thing um, for this team moving forward. Henry Yoki Haru, I don't know the injury, um, but how are these guys going to be able to react when you're losing two of your top four defense? That's when you're going to see how good this team is because there's got to be players that come into the lineup, inserted into the lineup that need to take bigger, bigger minutes, and um, that's gonna that's gonna be a big part of the the Sabers moving forward, right? Absolutely. I think uh, that's that's good teams have depth, right? So they're going to see it right now tonight in Seattle if they if they have that depth. And uh, but the other thing, I think what what right now, I mean, what's crazy is you, you brought up the lean and he's playing unbelievable. But I know you guys have mentioned this before. That's a record. I couldn't believe it when I saw that's a record. I mean, with with the defense when I played this game, it's just 
I can't even explain it. Like four yeah. games doesn't sound crazy at all. I mean, no, no it doesn't. The thing. I, when, when Peter <laughs> I said that it. he hit the record, I said the Sabres record. And, <laughs> and right away, right away, yeah. I thought to myself, you're telling me that um, uh, Phil Housley never had four games and four, you know, four goals and four games to start a season. I'm yeah, like thinking to myself, it's, a- it's not a Buffalo record. This is an NHL record. And that's when I just went, Pow! I'm like, yeah. how the heck? I think the only uh, explanation is that back in the day, the first two weeks of the season was training camp, right? Where, where these kids now, they, they just, they work out all summer long and then the season begins and they got their stride. So, but look at where he's scoring his goals from though. Like his first goal of the year was uh, he, he, he made, he made a toe drag in the middle of the ice, skates Mm -hmm. it up the ice distributes it to the outside, right? They, he passes it over, it goes down low, and then he bats it, he bumps it in from the goal. He's in, literally in the goal mouth. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's great, though. That's 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 He's your X factor, right? He's your offensive defenseman, and you give him the green light to join whenever um, he's playing as well as he is. So I, I mean, have I, no I don't, problem with that. I don't want to get into it, but I mean, I'm wondering... <laughs> Like is eleven million right now? Uh, <laughs> if we got him to an eleven well, million, you know, yeah. Listen, I mean, all I'm, all I tried to say, and 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 Vanner, you, I, you, I'm really curious to know what your opinion is on this because you know the league, you know where the salaries are going. In three years from now, the salary cap is going to be ten million dollars more than what it is now. So, for Darlene to sign a eight and a half or nine million dollar deal, an extension. In three years from now is going to be not a $9 million. It's going to be, it's going to be a lot less in the salary cap. 11 million is not egregious. When, if, if you have a defenseman that is playing 20, 25, 26 minutes a night, that's an offensive powerhouse. That's going to put up 60 points a year. And on top of that, he kills penalties and plays against the other team's top line. You have an, you have an $11 million defenseman. No, you, you make a good point, but, but again, uh... And from the get-go, I mean, I was just kind of teasing you, but I never said he's. I think he's 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 a number one defenseman. I mean, that, that's that's just it is what it is. I mean, that's that's how good that kid is. My whole point is, if you go to him, I mean, he's got what a year left after this year. Yeah, or so he he's after? in the second year of a two of a three-year right. deal, making six million. So he has this year and next year, but you have to sign him. That's what after I mean. so, next so, year. You know, so so once once he becomes eligible, which is probably July first, if you go to him, be like, hey, my car makes nine five. Here's eight years at nine point five. Well, he makes nine or nine. Yeah, yeah. here's here's eight for nine nine two. Call it what it is. That's a big number to turn down, right? I mean, he can bet on himself and be like, I'm not taking it. And then you still have his rights for at least what two more years, three more. But what years. is what is the what is the the deal? In your opinion, and if Darlene continues to have success in the sense that, you know, let's not, let's not put him at 80 points in 82 games. Let's, let's put him at a, you know, a 55 to 65 point defenseman that plays 25 minutes a night. He's on the penalty kill playing against other teams, top lines. Tell me what you're signing him for. Tell me what, if you're the, if you're Darlene's agent, you want an eight year deal. Tell me what you're signing him for. Uh, if I'm his agent, probably then then you compare him to the high. But I, I'm looking at it as a as a GM or as a from from that side of the things. It's to me, it's never about really points. I mean, points is easy to judge off, but 
how much does he create? How much, how much better when he's on the ice, how fluent, you know, do we break it out and all these things. But again, right now he's, he's, I mean, if he keeps this up, which is unrealistic, obviously, but even if, you know, he's a 70 point guy, I mean, then, then you're talking right around 10, 11. You're right. Can Alex Tuck be a 40 goal guy? hundred percent. I mean, there's, there's no reason he shouldn't be in my opinion. I think that's, that's probably the stretch. I think probably closer to 30, unless he plays, you know, on the power play in front or net or wherever to get some extra cookies right there. But um, yeah, I mean, he, he's got a you big see body, that, big you shot. You see that potential in him, Thomas, as a, as a 40 goal guy in this league? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think things have to go right. I mean, you look at him now, he's got what, six goals on how, on how many shots, right? So, so I always hate that shooting percentage, but obviously there's something to it. So it's very high right now, but um, there's no reason, you know, in a perfect scenario, he can score 40. But I think if you get 25, 30 out of him consistently, that's a hell of a player. Yeah. I mean, what the hell are we talking about right now? What are we talking about right now? Okay. 40 goals. How about we start with 30 goals? Well, I mean, how much much we start? What what did Tage Thompson score last year? He was two away from 40. Okay. I get it. He had nine the year before. I get it. But let's start with 30 goals. Like we're talking, can, can, can Tuck be a 40 goal score? He scored 20 goals once in his career. He would have scored two, two seasons of, of, of 20 goals. You know, but, with he, the, the, but with a start like this, right, I'm not right. asking this with I'm not asking this with three goals in five games. I mean, like, oh, you think he can be a, a long season? I'm asking. Katie. I understand. A long that. season. He's got I get six he's, in the first five. I get. So it. he's not looking at twenty or twenty-five or thirty. He's thinking thirty-five or forty. Okay, so Darlene going to score thirty-seven this year because Maybe. he's got five and five? Maybe. No, he doesn't. No, come on. Alex Tuck is unbelievable hockey player. He he adds so much to the team more than just goals like more than just goals i think the my what i my love for alex tuck is the speed in which he plays if you were to watch him and break down his game he is so quick on the forecheck he is so he is breaking up plays he is forcing the d so quickly that he's turning he's making players turn over pucks that is so huge and it's because of how he skates the size the length of his stick he's really really good at that super pleased right now super pleased for alex tuck and the sabers that he has six goals in five games but and again we can go back to tage thompson tage thompson had eight goals and then he scored 38 but for me just what just what Vanner said. If you can get 25 to 30 goals every year from Alex Tuck, then you are hitting the home run. That's what you want. I don't need to talk about 40. I don't need to talk about 40. Does he have the ability to because he scored six goals in five games to start a season? Yep, he 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 does. But I'm looking just I'm looking that long-term forecast. Give me a solid, definite 25 to 30 goal guy every year. You have hit an incredible uh, home run with this kid. What would you guys do with uh, Victor Olofsson? Trade him. I'll let you take that, Vanner. Or do you want me to keep No, him? no. that's I, a freaking I, conversation. That I, I agree with you. Forever. I think it's, it's just because he is, you know, he, you have to make room. I mean, I, I looked at it earlier today, you know, a Krebs has zero goals. A Quinn has zero goals. 
But besides the goals, uh, and I think it's right. Again, I'm just looking at those, those apps, but a crab's got two shots in the season. A Quinn has zero shots in the season. I mean, those guys are going to be in your lineup if you're going to be a winning team coming down the road, I believe. I mean, they're definitely in your future. So that's a spot. One of those guys could probably overtake Olofsson. But, but at the same time, he's a very good player. He's a good player who's making $5 million. That is probably, you can trade him. You can trade him and probably make room for somebody else. And that doesn't say that Olofsson is a bad player at all. It just actually is no, what it is. Exactly. It, it's a numbers game. It's a He's numbers a really game. good player. He's a really good player. He's a great shooter. But in the long run, if you can get something out of him now and, and develop one of those young kids into a bigger role, I think it's going to benefit down the road big time. For me, that's kind of where I'm going with this. I Everybody needs to understand Victor Olsen is a hell of a hockey player. He's a really good hockey player, but we have a lot of players that are the exact same. Okay. Now here's the thing. If we have a full team uh, of, uh, you know, nine Thomas Vanek's on, on the first three lines, I'm going to tell you right now, it ain't going very well. Right. It ain't going very well. No, I don't care. You need the mix. You, you, need you have mix, to but- have the mix. Or the other thing is you 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 keep Olafson, but then you have to decide at some point that you got to move on for one of these young kids, and then maybe like you a trade Paterka, one of them. a Quinn, right? You know that type. Then you of player, move yeah. you move on from them, and you you know probably uh, you get a better asset than Olafson, but then you you look for a defenseman or whatever your need is. Yeah. Well, listen. I mean, my whole thought is, uh, you know, Victor Olafson is a very good hockey player. He's a power play specialist. He has a world class shot. You look at the you look at the play in the last game in Vancouver where Casey Middlestat absolutely made a beautiful little sauce pass across the ice. Who opens up? Victor Olsen opens up his body, takes the one timer, bam, it's on net. He scores goals like he's a goal scorer. He's a great player. Here's the thing: once if you're if you want to win championships, for me. Um, I think you need to add to, to the, um, the cupboard, the type of player that's really hard to play against and produces. Okay. Like, and, and I talk, I think to, I'll, I'll give you an example of what I'm thinking of. And you guys might be like, you're, you're nuts, but I'm talking about a guy like a younger TJ Oshi. A guy that's a net front presence, a guy that's working in the fucking corners, a guy that's back checking, blocking shots. He's a, he's a playoff guy. He is that type of guy, but he also scores some goals. Okay. That's the guy that I think you need to continue to find. Like I, TJ I think Vicar Olsen like a, is a dream player for every team. Okay, and I, I'm talking well, about uh, a younger, a much younger. That's TJ what I mean. Oshie, a, a TJ Oshie like try player. and find the yeah. player like that that you can insert into your lineup that you're still going to get offensive output from that player, but you're going to get a more of a. Um, he's going to be harder to play against. He's going to be harder in the corners. He's going to be blocking more shots. He's going to be all those little things. Okay, and that's kind of what I'm looking at. And that's Alex Tuck, right? He well, right that's Alex Tuck, but you don't just win with one Alex Tuck. You win <laughs> with multiple players that, no. like Dylan Cousins. I love the way this kid is trending. Is he is he shredding it right now? Point wise, like he's got one goal and three points in five games, pretty damn good. 
but he's also hard to play against. He's going to, he's going to be a much better player in two, three years from now. He's still learning. Um, and I love the size of him. I love his skating. I don't see him as a big 80 point player, but I see him as a guy that's really hard to play against and is going to fit a really good role on this team for years and years to come. Right. Like it's about building that and team that's super tough to play. They're going to be able to go and get that guy. When they sort out who's who and who's where, they're going to have excess pieces of the same players. Like, you know, who knows if if Casey Middlestad is not a long-term player on this team, the better he plays, the more value you're going to get for him in a trade. Look pretty damn good, man. Yes, I'll he tell does. You right now. I'm not and I'm not suggesting that he's not. I'm just saying that with a Krebs with a Cousins, with a, a Paterka, with a, even you throw Tucks in that Tuck in that mix, yeah. a, a, a Thompson, yeah. Quinn went down the road. I mean, it's like where where yeah. are all these guys going to fit? What is Casey Middlestad? Is he the guy that's here, or one of those other pieces? Casey Middlestad played in the Calgary game. Was without question, as far as I'm concerned, he was the best player on the ice. Now I know that Alex Tuck went and scored three three goals. Casey Middlestat was an absolute monster. He was noticeable every single time he stepped on the ice. Calgary's one of the top teams in the league. They've only lost one game, and that, that's to the Sabres, 6-3 to three at home. Casey Middlestat was a monster. He also played very well in, in the Vancouver game. Made some beautiful plays. He is a, he is a player that a year ago, one year ago, when he came to training camp, he came in in the best shape of his life, and he was the best player. And this is from Paul Hamilton, who watches like training camp like a hawk. He said Casey Middlestat was the best player in in camp. Very first game of the year, he ends up getting injured, and it was a disaster type season. After that, um, Casey Middlestat is a huge monster um, talent. And he came in this year, and I still think that he looks fantastic. Now, if he can continue to play at a high level, and let's not forget about him, he he could be a really, really good player for this hockey team. I just I agree with everything you just said there because I'm a big Casey Middlestack guy. I mean, I've seen him for many years now. I mean, I obviously have my roots here in Minnesota. He played high school hockey here. So I've, I've seen how his skill, his, his, you know, hockey IQ off the charts. Then he went to the same university as I did at Minnesota here. So I, I've seen this player for years and years and years. So the way he's playing right now, it doesn't surprise me at all. And I mean, and I'm, I'm with riffs. I mean, the two guys so far, and I'm not going to sit here and that I watched every minute of the, every Sabres game so far, but I've seen enough. And the two guys besides Tuck, I mean, Tuck scoring goals, but at the same time, I think the puck is finding him right now, which is great. And he's bearing his chances. That's what you want your goal scorers to do. But the two guys that have, you know, besides the two goalies, I'll bring those up later, is uh, for me, his cousins. I think cousins could be sitting at four or five goals. I think he's playing tremendous. I think he's getting grade A chances. They're just not going in. And the other guy is Middlestead. I think he has been by far the best setter the way he skates what he high creates. stepping high yes. stepping yeah and it's it's i'll tell you this he's great. not he's not the most beautiful skater like he is a very unorthodox skater he does not skate like a prototypical smooth um nhl 
uh, forward. Would you agree with that? Like, he, I agree, it's especially, like he, especially for a smaller guy, right? It's usually just, you know, you got the skinners and stuff, you know, that they're smooth and then they look elegant, but he reminds me he, of someone he, we played against. I can't remember who, when I watch him tonight, I'm going to think about it harder, but he skates like somebody go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I, I, I can't pinpoint it either, but Again, skating to me, I was never a great skater. And I tell, I'll tell kids this all the time that I coach. Don't, don't, don't worry about skating. Skating will come. As you get older, as you get stronger, your stride might look like crap, but you, you will get to pucks. And uh, Middlestad's a perfect example. I think he's, uh, God, is he winning puck battles? He, he's cutting back. He's, he's, again, his hockey IQ, those are things you can't teach. I mean, we are talking about Darlene's contract earlier. This is a guy where I've, I've seen enough. I would, uh, that's a guy I would sign right now to a four, five, six, whatever you think you can get him at at a great number. Well, again, he's, he's in that situation, uh, Vanner that he he's, uh, making two and a half million dollars right now. He's got this year and next year. You're probably, if you're, if you're comfortable with Casey's middle stat and, and, and what he has done moving forward, is he another guy that you're going to re up? to get him under a long-term contract and get it done now before things could get hairy with him really starting to take off. Well, let me add to that. Isn't that the decision that Kevin Adams has to make this year, whether it's middle stat or cousins, because I think you're, you're, you're signing both. I, I really do think that there's yeah. enough money in the kitty to sign both. Of it's, those it, guys. For me, it's not even money. Is it, is it, is it, are there enough spaces and do they fit those positions? Like a third line center is a very specific player. A second line center is a very specific player. Which one are, which one are each of them? Is that what not there? Is that not what they're trying to figure out this year? Well, who's your, I, I keep them both. And I, I don't look at it as one, two and three centers because I think to win, it's been proven that you need three top centers. Yeah. And I, I mean, I know you guys is, is Thompson playing center. And you yes. see the number one center. I, I mean, I've, I've said it before. I'm, I'm not loving that. I, I'm not. I, I think he's more of a, a power winger. I mean, is he doing a good job at center? He is. In the long term, I, I wish. I mean, I, I would love to see him right now on a line as a right winger or left like, winger. Be like, with, like an Alex Tuck. Like an Alex Tuck, but put him, put him with middle stat or, or put him with a Cousins who who can go into corners and then, but why not just then, keep that? You look at that line, Vanner, you, you've got a six foot seven Tage Thompson center. Who's got insane hands and dangle mm-hmm. hands. He's got an insane release and shot. Mm-hmm. He's done a real nice job, uh, defending this year. He's going to garner the top, um, defensive unit or the top line on every single team. Alex Tuck is sitting on his wing at six foot five, uh, 225 pounds. I mean, you've got two guys that are playing and Skinner. Okay. That are playing exceptionally well together. That is a beautiful line. That's a beautiful line. When you look at it, now you just let's worry about line number two and three. Don't tinker with line number one. It looks awesome. They played amazing together last year They're They've gone on fire now that they've been together this year, let's worry about just, you don't, do you have to have a second line? Do you have to sit there and say, Hey, Dylan cousins, our second line center and middle stats our third. Why can't you just say, we have, we have a shit ton of depth here and we're going to beat you with high end skill and tons of depth. Let's not name lines. Like, okay. I love cousins. Uh, I love middle stat middle stats, more of a playmaker. He's going to be more of an offensive player. 
Dylan Cousins is a six foot three. He's 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 building mass to his body. He's going to be a super tough kid to play against in two three years from now. This hey, could be unbelievable. Those three guys down the middle, Vanner. This is the Jekyll and Hyde of Riv because when you say line one two three four, when he's arguing a point, yeah, I am going to number lines. He's a fourth liner, <laughs> and then and then on days where he wants to be complimentary, he says, no, we're not numbering lines. We're not numbering lines. Like you just roll them. <laughs> But uh, forget what I, he says. Forget what he says yesterday. Right, right. So I'll, I'll, number one line: Thompson Skinner talk. You're you're in love with that line right now. You're saying, I I think it's uh, for me right now. I think it is the on our team right now. It is a number one line. I think Alex Tuck and 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 uh, I think Tage Thompson are a very strong unit together. I think. Jeff Skinner has not quite hit his stride yet, but I, I like when Jeff Skinner gets going and he plays his game. He's a tough little cookie. It's no to goals play in against. five games. Okay. Glad you okay. brought him I'm up and I listening. didn't want to harp on it. I didn't want to harp on anybody yeah. because they're winning. And when you're winning, it means hey, that you're getting other guys scoring good. around them. That's so true. you, you don't have to focus on the $9 million guy that has no goals. You don't have to focus on the guy who is just signed a $50 million extension and has three points in five games. It's not terrible. I'm just saying you don't focus on it as much because the team is four and one. But if the team was one and four. Yes, we are very much so. You guys. you would be pointing your finger at the nine million dollar highest paid player on the team. You would be sitting there going, "You are the reason why we are not winning because you have played five games and you have no goals." But right now, the team is winning. The team's playing exceptionally well. They are not. They are not just um, dependent on Jeff Skinner to score goals because they have other players that have stepped up. Zemgus Gergensen is buried two snipes. Um, you know, guys like Thompson only has one goal, but he's playing well. They're garnering, they're garnering the big boys on the other teams. Well, okay? Darlene Tuck and Olafson are pretty much carrying the load. They are carrying the load. So the way they're scoring, they're making yep. up for those guys. Casey but if, Middlestad if has are, played exceptionally well. JJ Paterka as a young kid. If Darlene has two goals and Tuck has three goals and Olison has two goals, then you're you're in trouble. Uh, If they don't. And that's the best part about it. It's like they still have guys like... Olison, what does he have? Well, two empty netters, eh? Right. So, I mean, let's let's take those out, right? (laughs) I mean, not not saying they're not... Go believe me as a goal scorer, you love them. I wish I would have had a lot more of them. You, but you strike me the as the kind of guy, though, Thomas. If we're up like four two and there's like ten seconds left and you have an empty netter, you just chip in the corner and be like, "I don't want the empty netter." Well, that's I wasn't usually out there. I mean, I mean, I've the last two minutes with elites. That's you know, I was sitting next to you, Petey. <laughs> so talking, I didn't have talking about have what's on the many. bus. Well, what's on the plane for post game meal? <laughs> that's right. But no, I mean. I don't know. I, to me, it's not always about goals. I mean, you, you bring up Skinner and it's easy, right? You bring up his salary and his history. You're like, you need him to score goals. Yes, you do. Same with Thompson. Do you need him to score goals? Yes, you do. He's sitting at one. But besides goals as a, as a former goal scorer, I was always like, okay, I, I had streaks where I'm like, you know, I scored two goals and then one goal the next night. But I'm like, man, I, I, I really didn't create shit. I just kind of tipped one in here and there and walked away with three goals. But then I had five, six game stretches where I had maybe one goal, but I was like, I am playing really good hockey. I am shooting a lot. I'm getting good chances. I'm creating a lot. It's, it's yeah. going to go in. 
And I, I'm looking at, you know, I mean, Thompson is showing flashes here and there. Skinner, I don't think he's had that that many great A chances. Or maybe I've missed him because I haven't no. watched every no, he minute. Hasn't. No. Well, Tom, but I'll tell you, Thompson's a, a different. Concerning. Thompson adds a different element because, you know, you look at that pass he made to Tuck that one game. I mean, he can he can make really good plays, and I'm not saying Skinner can't, but Skinner's more of a shooter, get to the front of the net and back pucks in. He's not a. I don't think he's a. I don't consider him a playmaker. No, I don't either. I think he can make plays, but I don't think he's 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 you know that's he's he's a he's pure finisher, shot first mentality. Yeah. But yeah. I'll tell if you, he's this, not if getting those looks. That's concerning. If you're, you know, you're, you're looking at a winning team and, and there's a lot of things that need to go well when you're, when you're having success and you're playing well and you're winning. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to sit here and see the ultimate praise of Darlene and Tuck and Olison and middle stats played well. JJ Paterka, the rookie is just, he's, he seems very confident. He's, he's playing well. Tage Thompson has played well. Dylan Cousins, Asplin, Gergensen's flying around a poso. Like you just go through the lineup. And then all of a sudden you just keep passing by this guy, passing by this guy and he gets no respect whatsoever. But I'm going to tell you, the only people that respect him is Kevin Adams and Don Granato and the guys on the team. Okay. And that's Vinny Hanestroza. The guy has played exceptionally well in the games that he's played. He's buzzing out there. You want energy. You want speed. You want a veteran presence, understanding time of game, what to do with the puck you know, in, in, in the outside your blue line, you know, just little things you watch him play and he plays a very, very strong complimentary game to whoever he's playing with. And he's played really well, Banner, really go- well goalies. You wanted to talk about the goalies. Yeah. I mean, easy for a team to have confidence when they know their goalies will stop the puck. Eric Comrie in Edmonton basically weathered a hell of a storm in the third period. And that gives your team a shit ton of confidence. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised. I'm not gonna lie here. I mean, the the way those two guys have played, it's it's been incredible. It's I mean, it's really good. But I think that's a big part why they're winning too. I mean, when you give up, I mean, that's another stat I saw. We talked about Darlene's record, Comrie, and those two wins in Calgary and Edmonton, forty plus saves, first time as a Sabres goalie has done that. Hasek never did that. Miller never did that. That can't be right. Did you guys see that? No, what, I didn't. What's, what's the, uh, what's the 40 stat? plus saves and back-to-back wins. No Sabres goalie has done that. What? I'm like, we had Hasek and Miller for um, so many years. I don't know. It was, it was oh, another an stat. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just saw it on Twitter somewhere, but I was like, huh, that sounds. Who's the oldest goaltender to ever win a Vesna? Uh, Do you know the answer? I do not know the answer. I, I don't I'm know. just looking at uh, Craig Anderson and the guy's like two wins, two games. He's got a <laughs> goals against average of one. His save percentage is 0. 0.970. The guy's allowed two goals and 66 shots. The guy's an absolute stud. I just hope that this guy wins every single game and he's even in the mix. It would be the greatest. It would be the greatest story ever because the guy just looks, the guy looks unbelievable. Okay. I'm just, he looks unbelievable, but I'm going to tell you this, this Eric Comrie, he, he, those two last games, Gump man, Worsley. he looks really good. Gump how, old, Worsley. Old, how old? 38, 39. Get out of here. Really? 38, yeah. 39. He won the Vesna. What yeah. year would that be? 
1959. Yeah, your rookie year, actually, 68. <laughs> 68 and 69. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Those two guys have been, I mean, just as Riz would put it, uh, exceptionally well so far. But you look at the Sabres last year, right? Did, 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 wait, did we? Did I? Did someone send that tweet to the to the group chat where someone says everyone take a a drinking game, take a sip every time Craig Reves says exceptionally well? Yeah, he's talking about yeah, Jr.'s was, uh, whiskey. Uh, like, what a, else am I supposed to say? Like, was, what's wrong uh, with you guys? Hanging off tweet. every word I say. Thanks. <laughs> but no, back to the. I mean, that Conry is just. Is, is that sustainable to give up 40 plus shots and keep winning games? Probably not, but uh, hats off to that guy. He's playing um, really well, well. This is his opportunity. I mean, yeah, it you know, it's like he's been a backup and he's got a lot of obviously potential and promise. So this is a, this is a massive, massive, most goaltenders start as a backup, right? Most oh, yeah. top yeah. end goaltenders it, it, start it, as a backup. Dominic Hasek never even got, a number one job until he was what 28 okay and that's like saying tom brady was drafted 199th like just because you don't go in the first round doesn't mean you're not going to be great i mean that bad example but i get what you're saying yeah it, it takes longer for goalies uh most of them i would say um but yeah who's who's the nets tonight i didn't even so i don't even think we think know anderson. would you, you not go back anderson. anderson yes anderson didn't play uh he played in edmonton Comrie played Calgary and Vancouver. I would strongly Comrie think played in Edmonton. Comrie played Edmonton and Calgary. Played both those games. Who played in Vancouver? Anderson. Anderson. Boom Shakalaga. So okay. yeah, my, I don't know. But last thing I'll ask you before we go on around the league. How mm-hmm. shit faced were the boys on Saturday night, though? Saturday night in Vancouver, records four and one. You just pound the Canucks in their home opener. You don't play until Tuesday. These are always on our map, gentlemen. Do not even think for a second that the conversations as you head out west or how great would it be if we have a good trip and Saturday night we have Sunday off on the road. Boy, I hope for them they had a good night. I mean, again, I, I don't know. I don't know that's that team well if, if they had protein shakes or if they actually mixed in a few beers. So I, Let me ask you this question. If you played on a Saturday night, you just won three games, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, and you don't play until Tuesday in Seattle. What are you doing on Saturday night? Having a few pops. Oh, yeah, my. having a few pops and uh, bonding. And then, I don't know, probably have, yeah, a few more. But uh, I don't know. Again, I think the league has changed. I do think they still still do it. But, um, yeah, I'm sure they went out. and then as they should I think it changed that much. How many games in a row did you play Vanner? Do you know? <laughs> I don't know. I think I actually only think I played one season where I played 80 games, 81. So, I mean, what, what I'm assuming you're trying to get the fill here. Yeah. I was just, I just uh, had an interview with him. 989 in a row. He'll play 990 tonight. It's amazing. I don't think that's a record that will be broken. I, I just don't think it's, it's, it's it's crazy. It really is. That's a lot, a lot of games. Craig seems I mean, to that, think that it'll be broken easily. Yesterday, he's like, someone's going to play 1,200 straight games. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Who knows? But I just don't see it. That's a lot of games. That's a lot of games in a row with, with nothing. Not a growing issue. or it's. Yeah, I don't get it. 
he'll get to a thousand. He's gonna play a thousand straight games. A thousand straight games. Right. Yeah, I don't know. That's 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 a lot of games in a row. I think the most I played in a row is nineteen. You know what's the interesting? <laughs> the interesting thing with Phil Kessel is throughout his 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 career, and he's he's played he's played twelve hundred games, and um, he's had an awesome career. He's been an awesome player every place that he's played. Um, there's always been that running joke that his uh, his physique is just kind of not quite at uh, the highest of standard when it comes to maybe the body fat or or what you you know the prototypical NHL player is supposed to look like and 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 that's the funny thing about all of this is you know he looks a little chunky a little you know his body fat would be probably higher than most in the league and. You know, you look at uh, his his physique, but he's played 989 games. He's tied the record, and he's also fast as shit on the ice. Like the guy can, he, the guy can fly. He's one of the fastest guys throughout his career. He's an absolute missile on the ice, and we're still talking about, you know. Having to, you know, you're only in good shape shape if you can see your ribs. Like, according to the 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 trainers back in their time in Buffalo, you had to be able to see your ribs, and that's the only way you're in good shape. I'm like, <laughs> this is the stupidest goddamn thing I've ever heard. Everybody is built differently. Everybody's built different. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yes, hundred percent. I think he's. I think he was a big part of those Cup runs in Pittsburgh. And I mean the numbers he's put up, and uh, I think you you own an NHL well, record of, of that many games. I think he. I think I'm going to have to uh, respectfully disagree with that. Um, he's had a nice career. I don't think he's hit a thousand points yet. I know he's around 1,200 games. Um, yes, he has won a couple Stanley Cups, but you know if he, he scored, did he? He didn't score like he he scored a goal last night, right. but it was offside and they Side. took it back. And that yeah. would have been his 400th goal. OK, mm-hmm. um, he's got 958 points. Here's the thing. I'll just go back and and, and just, you know, maybe it's uh, maybe it's more personal to me. But how the hell is Jr. We're going to sit here and we're going to tell me that uh, that Phil Kessel uh, should be in the the Hockey Hall of Fame and, and Jr. isn't. Well, he was a massive personality. He had over 500 goals. He had over 1200 points in his career. I mean, he was a stud. Right. So, so that's, that's my whole problem with the hall of fame. It's like, we're what's, what's the clarification on it? Right. Because uh, to me, a guy like Jr. Okay. He didn't win a cup, but what he's what he's accomplished in that game it's 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 a to me it's a first ballot and it's not even uh, it's a question I need to see guys who do get in and then you compare some of those guys that are in you compare them to Phil Kessel and his his stats his uh you know games played and all that and I can argue why why shouldn't Phil Kessel be in you take you take Daniel I don't know, he's on, he's in. minus one hundred and forty eight you take take. Uh, Daniel Alfredson, who's going in, and a Jeremy Roenick, who's not in. Who are you taking? If you had to pick one of those two players to to be, to, thousand percent, I'm taking Jr. Not even freaking close, man. 
Now, don't get me wrong. I played against Daniel Alfredson for years and years and years and years in Ottawa, and he was a very good hockey player. He was a very, very good hockey player, but he didn't have the same stature as, as Jeremy Roenick throughout his career. Is it because Jr. basically um, went from a few different NHL hockey teams? He went from, you know, Chicago to Arizona to Philadelphia, you know, San Jose, like, nothing wrong with la like is is that <laughs> is, is that a, is that blackballing him because he played on multiple teams and alfredson played on what two like he well played, it's uh, it's it's pretty simple i mean how many goals did jr score over 500 500 and some i mean that 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 alone should be a category right you score 500 goals in the nhl you're going in that's a that's a i mean i don't care what you say 500 goals that's a ton how many guys have scored 500? Maybe it's a lot more than I, I think it is. But anyways, 500 goals sounds to me like you're a Hall of Famer. I would agree with that. I would How agree many with points that did he have? JR? Yeah. I think uh, he was over 1250, 1270, yeah. something like that. Like he right. had a ton of goals. It's just there's 45 players, Vanner. 45 players that have scored 500 goals or more. And Jr. is one of them. And he's not in the hockey hall of fame. And it's not for me. It's not even about his goals that he, okay, listen, you can talk about the 500 goal club. Okay. Which there's only 45 players out of thousands, tens of thousands of players that have played in the NHL over the years. For me, it's about what Jr. did for the game visually. Okay. You, you, there's a lot of people that hated Jr. Like, I mean, hated him with a passion because he kind of had that aura about him where he was like, um, you know, larger than life. He said it the way it was. He was just very, you know, out there and in a closed society of hockey player back in the day, they didn't like people speaking out. And Jr. was that guy. He spoke out, but he was, he was, 10 times larger than a, than a Daniel Alfredson. It's a freaking joke right now that Daniel Alfredson is sitting in the hockey hall of fame and J- uh, Jeremy Roenick isn't Jeremy Roenick in, in my childhood in 1992, when I was drafted the Montreal Canadians, Jer- Jeremy Roenick was on Sega hockey. You were not allowed to use Chicago because Jr. was so good. That right there should put him in the hockey hall of fame. Because <laughs> he was, he was un believable back then yeah right i just but my my whole problem is why and you just you just pointed out right he was outspoken and this and this but i think when when these people and i don't know who they are i've never even looked into it who votes on this stuff it should they they shouldn't even see the name don't 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 it shouldn't matter how many teams they played for how many cups and this and this here's the statistics here's number you know there's no numbers, no nothing. You just say player X. Okay, these are the so numbers. Is he the in? Fuck did Guy Carbono get in? <laughs> are you shit me? Right. So so Go that's look why at his that's, statistics. That's... You think that guy's gonna get in? It's a freaking joke. It's an absolute joke. I don't give a shit about how many freaking cups he he won. Oh my god, he's so freaking good. No. He was a good great, great defender. Don't get me wrong. He was a great defender. But again, like he played on storied 
teams that were that that had the ability to win cups. Okay. I I, I just look at Jeremy Roenick and I just think at, at for me, watching JR when he was playing, he was captivating. I like captivating hockey players that make you want to watch hockey. And JR was one of those guys. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no reason why he shouldn't be on. And the, the system is obviously broke. And we're, we're, and that's my whole point. I think the people who vote on it, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be taken in consideration. Okay. This guy was outspoken. I didn't like him. We're, we're not putting him in. No, here are the numbers. Player X has these numbers. Is he good enough? And then you peel off the sticker of player X and it says Jeremy Roenick. Let's as uh, as that. Let's uh, recap what uh, what went on last night in the NHL. We'll take a look at what's happening tonight. But there's another storyline in the NHL last night. Interestingly enough, I'll get to it in a second. But Golden Knights beat the Leafs three to one. Golden Knights are on fire. Okay, they are absolutely on fire. Riv, you have something you want to say about Eichel in Vegas or anything? Uh, do I have something to say Did about you, Eichel you in guys? Vegas? I don't know. Like on that before I move on to the soaring Senators. It, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, listen, I mean, Jack Eichel was here. He was supposed to be the savior of the Buffalo Sabres organization. He was the face of the franchise, had a shit ton of um, miserable seasons of losing here. He, you know, he uh, eventually is just like, screw this. The guys that are running the show here are, are donkeys. I want out. And, you know, he, I'm happy for Jack Eichel, you know, like I'm happy for him that he has moved on. I think this, our city here in Buffalo has moved on. Um, both, both teams are probably very happy with what they've acquired. Jack Eichel right now is doing exceptionally well in, in, uh, in Vegas. They're number one in the Pacific, um, five wins, two losses in seven games. I think Jack Eichel has like seven points in seven games. I mean, Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. And, and and what it does for me is even though Jack's not here, I'm going to watch Vegas Golden Knights just because of Jack Eichel. Because he was, as much as it was a miserable six years with Jack and it ended in a bad, bad way here with the Buffalo Sabres. But for, for me, we've moved on here in Saberland in, in, in this city and Jack's moved on, but I still think that Jack is a world-class talent and I like to watch him. And I'm, and I, I get to watch another team now because Jack's there. Well, when the best players are healthy and playing and succeeding, the league is better and Jack's exciting to watch. It doesn't matter what people think about him off the ice or on the ice or what happened here. He is an exciting player to watch. There's no question. Senator stars van. I don't know if you want to comment on Vegas, Toronto, but no, I watched a-, a little bit. I think Vegas looks, I think I can look great. And I think the, 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 the speed he skates with uh, the ability to, you know, shoot the puck and move in. I think was great. The only takeaway was uh, I saw uh, John Tavares got hurt there. So that will be interesting for the Leafs of uh, what's wrong with him. And if he's going to be miss any time. Well, he started the season with an injury. If I'm not mistaken, did he not in training camp miss some time? I think he has like an oblique did, tear. Yeah. Doesn't he have an oblique issue? An well, abdominal? he got hit yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw it. It was, uh, he went to the net, kind of got pushed to the side of the net. One of his defensemen, I can't remember who it was, stepped into it and uh, just, you know, slap her right to the side of the knee and he just buckled. Oh Couldn't okay. put any weight on it. So, uh, that has nothing to do with the LP. Yeah, that has nothing to do with the app. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> did how the, were the Leafs decent? 
Yeah, lots of chances. I thought that the, the Vegas goalie that Thompson uh, played really good. Uh, Nylander was good. Marner, I mean, they look good. They just couldn't bury. Stars beat the or uh, Senators beat the Stars four to two. Senators are no joke. Uh, Capitals beat the Devils six to three. Uh, Ovi got one in there. Riv. Uh, Oilers beat the Penguins six to three. That one was interesting because the the Penguins had a had an early or the Oilers had an early three one lead. The Penguins took a lead. They took three one lead, and then Oilers came from behind. Said the win. kid scored his fourth. Not a big deal. See his goal. Yes, Be- beautiful. The Connor old David it, no points. It's, it's the old um, Sidney Crosby goal, like how he gets down on that one knee, takes the one timer um, on his on his offside, so he's kind of like reaching back and just missled it, right? Just gets the leverage on it. Was he a player you ever wished you could have played with, Van? <clears throat> yeah, I mean that's that's uh, for sure. I mean, I, I mean, I got traded a few times. There was a couple of times that, you know, from Steve, the agent um, that we, we shared, uh, there was rumors I was going to pit. So that was always something I was like, oh, my God, I hope this is going to happen because uh, not that I think I could have played with him really well just because the way he skates, he the way his hockey IQ, I think I could have got open for him. And uh, yeah, so so that's that's definitely one guy. I mean, that's just like I run in the league, right? I mean, look how much success Kunitz had with him and stuff. But Pascal um, Dupuis, even guys like me have a dream to play with a guy like Crosby. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I, I do think they miss Kensel in the lineup right now. I think he that that, that he's one of the to me. I mean, maybe I'm biased because I'm good friends with Jake Gensel, but um, to me, he's a top 10, 15 hockey player right now in the world. I think he's he's tremendous, and I think. Uh, he helps it just as much as, you know, they help each other. I find Getzel doesn't get the, or Gensel doesn't get the respect he deserves. It's because he kind of came out of nowhere, right? Like right from the minors and then no one really knew who he was. And it's almost like, I feel like Gensel doesn't like people just, I don't know. Every year he just continues to surprise, yeah. continues to surprise. Do you remember what just, they did with him when he, well, he, when he, he came he, in? Do you remember that Vanner sent them down? Yeah. They sent him down. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. he absolutely should have made the team. One thousand percent. Okay. The at the time, you know, the Pittsburgh Penguins, obviously one of the top teams in the league, they chose not to give this kid the opportunity because they wanted him to earn that opportunity. Yes, he had an awesome training camp and yes, he was right out of college. But what they did is they said, no, we're not. We're not taking you. You're going to go to the minors. You're going to earn your way to the NHL and you know, Jake Getzel definitely earned his way to the NHL. He played exceptionally well in the minors. He got called up after what? 30 games, uh, 20, 30 games of uh, Vanner. And then yep. he just went on fire with, uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins and never looked back. But yeah. He, he's, he's the type of player where I don't think he'll, I mean, he does get respect, but not never as much as he should, just because he's not fast. He's not, not big. He's, you know, he's not, he's none of those things, but he can think the game off the charge. I mean, his hockey IQ is a hundred. He just kind of reminds uh, me of like a Joe Pavelski, just sneaky goal guy. Every time you look, he's potting goals in the net. You know what I mean? You just, well, that, and then and the plays he makes, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he can shoot it. Like I said, he doesn't look powerful, but man, he can whip that puck. He can find open ice. He can make great plays. And I, I think that's a player, uh, you know, I think that's really, elevates Pittsburgh the last three, four years, and is going to continue to do so. Jets beat the Blues four to nothing. And then Riv, the game we had our eye on last night. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, Van, you played there. What's going to happen? Carolina, Vancouver, three to two, Carolina. I thought it would be worse than that. So maybe you see how many shots Vancouver got. Yeah, 16, I think it was. 16 shots. Yeah. You're not winning an NHL game with 16 shots. Like, I mean, they, they, they are, they're, they're bleeding right now. They're bleeding. And, uh, you know, Petey and I talked about this the other day, Vanner, about uh, Bruce Boudreaux, and it has really nothing to do with how good a coach is. It's sometimes you just need a spark. You need a change, and they keep losing. That could be coming, right? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's not easy. I mean, obviously, you, you start that road trip on the East five games. I think they lost two of them. Was it an either shootout or OT? Yeah. If that, if that goes the other way, your mentality is different. You guys know that, right? Completely different. You're going home two and three. <laughs> Instead, you're going home all three and two. Your mindset just sucks. You're really pressing now. He's like, we got to win one. We got to win one. And uh, as far as coaching, I mean, he just didn't he just come in like a year ago or was it a year and a half ago yeah. to do that? He just part? came in last year. Yeah. Right. So um, I don't see him getting fired because then they just extend them for two more years. Did they? I don't. I didn't realize that. Does that even matter, though? I, mean, I if, think it does a little bit, especially. And at the same time, they're going to be realistic. I mean, how many? I actually thought they're going to be really good. I thought they're going to battle for a playoff spot. And again, it's still early, but they certainly have to put a good run together here to even get back in the mix. And then it's only six, seven games in. So, You're right. He did. He signed a two-year contract extension. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I think a new coach, you know, like Riff said, I think comes in, brings in a spark, and then, but the, I don't know. I, I well, think let me that, ask that's you a this, team Banner. that's going to make this is, moves. This is another way of looking at the Vancouver situation, and it, it to me, it makes a shit ton of sense, okay? They are seven games in, Petey? Seven? Mm-hmm. Seven yeah. games in, they have not won a game yet. They have two points. The number one overall prospect in this upcoming NHL draft is an absolute no-brainer. Like, I mean, it is a surefire number one pick. There's no one even close. Nobody. I I do Uh, not know. I think that kid from Michigan might be close. What? Who? Fantelli. Oh, shit. No. Come on. Come on. I thought you were going to talk about the kid from, uh, from Russia. There's a kid from Russia, right? And there's yeah. a kid from Czech Republic. There's two European players that are somewhat in the discussion. Adam Fantilli is not in the discussion of a first overall pick. Nowhere near it. It's Connor okay. Bedard, no question. No, Connor, it, no, he he's a generational talent. I'm but a, Connor Bedard yes. is from Vancouver. Yeah. Could if if you're Vancouver Canucks and and you just have a whole shit ball of like picks that, you know, players on your team that are just not. Why don't you just gut this whole thing and try and start all over again? Just and I like think the that's... Sabres have done and, and, you know, many teams have done it. Like the Chicago Blackhawks gutted their team back in the day. They ended up picking, you know, in a number of picks, they took, they took Brent Seabrook. They took Duncan Keith. Then they took um, Jonathan Taves. Then they took. Well, they got Patrick Keith in the Kane. second round, but yeah, they, that's, they did grab him. In that t- run, he was a second rounder. Who's well, that? It's the same as the Penguins, Duncan right? Keith. Yeah, <sighs> what a, what a pick that is. And then you look at you look at the 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 
um, Pittsburgh Penguins. They did the same thing. They gutted that team. Their first pick, number one overall, was Marc-Andre Fleury. Then they went to uh, uh, Evgeny Malkin, second overall. Then they picked Sidney Crosby, first overall. Then they went back to second overall pick and Eric Stahl. Like they had all of these first round picks. Jordan Stahl. Jordan Stahl. Um, these guys helped win Stanley Cups for those two organizations. And I just look at like, if you're going to win championships, I think that you need to start and do it properly. You can't, you can't patch things together and hope that you're going to continue to win. So I don't know. And I think that's, that's what you'll see. I don't think you're going to see a coach getting fired because I, I'm sure they're looking at that same angle that you just mentioned with, with Bedard. And I think for me, what's interesting now is, you know, do do a team like the New Jersey Devils, the the Buffalo Sabres, uh, Ottawa Senators made some moves, but the teams that are kind of pushing to make a push for those playoffs, you don't think they're calling the Vancouver Canucks right now and be like, Hey, are you going to keep that Brock Besser dude? Or, um, are you going to unload Bo Horvat, who's a UFA? Well, look at look at JT Miller. He just signed that uh, seven year deal. It was a seven right. year deal for for eight million dollars a year. Yeah, and this guy is sitting there going, "Get me out of here." Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, I don't want to go. I don't want to go through a five year rebuild because that's usually what it takes. Right? It takes it takes a good five years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, I agree with you. But yeah, if if I'm Kevin Adams right now, I mean, I'm making some of those calls, right? I mean, a guy like Bo Horvat would be a super high on my list. I think he's a guy who who's probably gonna get overpaid, and uh, but I think he's a guy you need in the playoffs, and you can win with just a bull. He can he can score goals. When should the Sabres make that call to start trying to find some of these players, man? Because they're four and one. They go five and one tonight. They come home. Well, I don't look at it as the record. I look at it as the team I have, and I don't see a Bo Horvat. You know, I, I see other good, you know, pieces in the puzzle. But if, if I mean, I just had. So what's your trade piece? Well, I just I just drafted three kids in the first round last year, right? How many do they have? Multiple know, first round I'd picks. I'd send, I'd send Matt Savoy. I'd send Matt Savoy out west for uh, Western boy. Bull I mean, they would be licking their chops to get Matt Savoy right. out there. So, and that's that's it. You know, I mean, if 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 that's the direction they're going, they're gonna need other young pieces. Besides, if they ever assume they get that number one pick with Bedard. Well, a Matt Savoy would look pretty good on that team as well, right? That's similar age, a couple of years older. But so, I mean, that's, but I think the main question is before you make a deal like that is can you extend a guy like Bo Horvat on an eight year deal? Um, okay. So before we get out of here, I just need to make one thing clear. Craig, this is for you, and Van will appreciate this. Both Duncan Keith and Sheldon Keith were second rounders. <laughs> Which one coaches the Maple Leafs? <laughs> You've already been told that you pick on me far too much on this show and you still continue to do it. I haven't said shit to you today. I have to finish. I have to get it in somewhere and you deserve that one. I tell you what though, PD is pretty good. But like, how do you come up with this shit? They're both second rounders. Like I listened to yesterday's thing and his deal has useless knowledge. My what? Pants, the stripe down the pants. How how do you know this shit? Oh, well, because I've studied teams that don't have stripes on the pants. (laughs) Right? And I'm like, just, is this guy is serious? I didn't even thought of that. You know, look good, feel good, play good. And some of these teams look like shit. One of them won a cup last year without stripes on their pants. I don't know how they did it. But anyway, <laughs> Banner, great as always. Look forward to next Tuesday, man. See you guys.
That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word. Thank <laughs> you.